Friday, folks. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Today, uh, permit me, friends, uh, recognizing a birthday of Rush Limbaugh. Rush would have been 73 today. Uh, someone who has had a profound influence on me as a broadcaster and as a conservative uh, growing up listening to Rush's show. So I just want to take a moment and recognize Rush on his birthday, wish him a happy birthday. Uh, and uh, God, miss that guy more than more than words can can express. What a profound loss. All right. Let me tell you something. I, I have to I have to share this with you, a little conflagration at the house this morning. Uh, parents, listen up. This this is uh, maybe you'll relate to this, and even if you don't have kids, I'm telling you this. This is um, one of those things that that happens, and and I I don't know. I think I did the right thing, so I am. I opened the trash can in the kitchen in my house uh, this morning, getting ready, doing some breakfast, throwing something out. And I see a crumpled, uh, I see a, cr- a crumpled assignment in there, but it was there was something that, that caught my eye at the top of it. So I, I I opened it up, and it was my youngest daughter, my my fifth grader, my ten year old, and it was a, a, an assignment that had been had been turned in and graded, and and now was just get, being you know disposed of in 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 the uh, in the trash. And I I start reading it. And it was an assignment, I guess it was in advance of Martin Luther King Day, which uh, will be on Monday. And uh, and it was about, uh, the title of it was Equality. That's what caught my eye. There was a, something about Taylor Swift and equality. Now, my 10-year-old loves Taylor Swift. So I, um, I know I have to tread carefully. I begin reading this. And uh, and it's yeah, there's gender pay gap in this, right? You know, I, I, I have a dream that someday women are going to be treated the same as men. And I, I, I said, Ava, get over here. What is this? Oh, I just had to do an assignment. Anyway. I just told me I had to do an assignment, and she gets all. Uh, it gets all. Um, it gets all strange. Now I, now I sat her and I said, "Listen, honey, th- this is you know I, I, I let's talk about equality and gender pay gap. You're a Taylor Swift fan, right? Yeah, yeah, I love to. Okay, yeah, she is easily the most successful music performer musician in the U.S. right now, maybe in the world." terms of her ability to drive revenue and, and overall success uh, in, in, in dollars, okay? I said, you know, I she's a young female. She did that. She built that up all on her own, and the reason she's got the money is that people want to go see her, right? And, and I said, well, if I gave her, the, of course, the whole, you know, you're not – I don't think she could have succeeded like this in Saudi Arabia. 
She couldn't have had the success anywhere in Africa. She couldn't have had it, frankly, even in Europe. Canada, right? She, Taylor Swift, had the success that she does in the United States of America. We are a country with the greatest equality and, and by the way, opportunity of anywhere on this planet. Don't ever forget that. Now, my, uh, she plays basketball, so brought up the WNBA. Well, WNBA players don't get paid as much as, of course, their male counterparts in the NBA. So I said to her, I said to him, I said, Ava, you go to a fair amount of sporting events. You go to Golden Knights games. You've, you, when we lived in L.A., you, were, you, you loved going to uh, see the Lakers. You always asked mom to go to those games. You, you loved going to them. I said, let me ask you something. And, and we've never denied you anything. You want to go to something, you go. When is the last time you asked me or mom to go to a WNBA game? When was it? Why did, what does that have? No, I'm just, I'm asking. WNBA game. When was the last time you asked me to go to a WNBA? I would take you very happily. See, here's my point, right? I'm, I'm explained. You got it, folks. You have to explain this to kids or they will be forever lost. Ava, everybody likes to talk about the gender pay gap. The gender pay gap. But here's the fact, right? You don't want to go see the WNBA. You never asked me for it because, and, and other people don't want to see it either. So, the, in the in the free marketplace, you get paid based on you know the value that you have in the economy. And the NBA, right? Guys, they 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 get people want to see those games. And I said, I'm not passing judgment on as to the why of that, okay? But the market economics are are are, are what decide this. It's not sexism. It's not discrimination. It's not inequality. That's just a fact. And by the way, you don't get in life. You're never guaranteed equal outcomes. And we had a, you know, that's that's equity. And that's a word we don't use in this house. So this is how my morning started. And um, and the gender pay gap, by the way, too. And I said, listen, do, do you know, I said, Ava, do you know that, that actually women on average statistically work fewer hours than men? And then that's one of the biggest misnomers about the gender pay gap. Oh, women make less than men. Okay. In annualized rates, let's look at hourlies. So men on average, longer careers, right? but also longer hours per week, per month, et cetera. And, and, and when you take it apart, when you, when you break it down and you look at the per hour numbers, there actually there's a <laughs> there, depending on how you run it, there's, it's, it's either right around the same or even a little bit more for women. It's wild. This is such drivel. And the, the, the reason I'm sharing this with you is if you're not paying attention to what your kids are doing in school, I'm telling you that they'll you've you've got to read what they write, the writing assignments. That's you know, the, the math. Hopefully, you know, provided it's a decent school, the math is you know one plus one equals two. But the writing assignments, particularly these in these social studies classes, you, you've got to watch it like a hawk, and you can't be afraid as a parent 
to challenge your your child and have them explain it, even if it's very uncomfortable. My my daughter at one point broke out into tears because oh, I'm just scared. I, you're, you're, I'm scared. I'm I'm telling you that as your father that this is some of this is total nonsense, and you're repeating things that were are said by other people, and you're not thinking about them. That's what it is. If you want to be smart, you want to be successful, you want to be all the things that your potential allows for, no doubt, then you can't be a person that just accepts what other people regurgitate, you know, regurgitate what other people say and and claim to be to be fact. So, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of inequality out there when you really think about it. You know, I, I grew up playing, I, speaking of, of basketball, it's a great story, I grew up playing the violin and um, was quite good at it at one point in time. And my professor, my teacher, uh, was a first violinist at the L.A. Philharmonic, a very, very successful uh, violinist. Misha Lefkowitz was his name. And, and, you know, and he was an avid NBA fan, big Kobe fan, loved the Lakers. And he, would, he, he never understood, right? He, he never understood why basketball players missed uh, free throw shots, right? You're standing there, you got the ball, it's a fixed distance from the hoop. How can they miss it? He goes, if I play at Carnegie Hall, this is my professor, my, my, my teacher, my mentor, said if I'm playing at Carnegie Hall and I miss one note, my career's over. It's done. If if I play one out of two note and on the violin, that's that's a lot of muscle memory, right? Those aren't buttons. Those aren't keys. How you place your finger and in, and exactly how and with what firmness depend, you know determines the the note that you produce. It's extremely technical and extremely precise. And he goes, these guys are paying, getting paid tens of millions of dollars a year, and they can't, you know, you know, ten out of ten times hit, you know, hit, make a shot. And I'm I'm sitting over here. I have to ten out of ten ten times make the note. Which there's some, you know, there's some, you know, lineup there as far as muscle memory and, and dexterity and, and skill and training, et cetera. Or my career's done. Oh, and by the way, when you're, you're in the LA Philharmonic, I don't know what it is now, but back then I think, I don't know, 80K a year or something like that. So you're, you're getting paid penis. And why is that, by the way? Why is that? Is that because the world hates musicians, you know, classical musicians, violinists and, oboists and cellists no it's because there are thousands upon thousands if not millions right more people that want to go see an nba game than want to see the la philharmonic or any philharmonic play that's not discrimination that's not inequality that's not uh you know uh unfairness (laughs) it's just tastes and we can argue about our society that we place a greater value and we're more interested in seeing basketball played than, than, than a, you know, a cultural experience like going to, the, you know, to, to see an orchestra perform a beautiful piece of classical music. But yeah, I, I'm a free market guy and so are you and, and that's how it is and nobody spends any time thinking about it. But then teachers give these insipid assignments to uh, to young people and ask them to just 
word vomit out these these catechisms of of oh gender pay gap oh you know women NBA of WNBA oh equality I dream of a world where like this is maddening so parents listen up but challenge your kids get them to think it's very important and uh, you know nobody else is going to teach your kid the right thing and the right way to see the world that is one hundred percent. Your responsibility. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here. This hour of the program brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash. Any injury that you've suffered, don't go to the insurance company. Don't trust them. Trust the firm that is on your side, will represent you and take you through it and make sure that everything is done correctly and properly. 702 820 one two three four seven zero two eight two zero one two three four offices in here in Las Vegas and in California uh, serving people and 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 helping out really truly uh, a difference in being represented after an accident don't don't just think your adjuster's gonna your 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 adjuster's gonna take care of everything they say they will but at the end of the day they're uh, looking to you know they're, they're looking to save as much money and 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 you'll start to see it between your property damage on your car, dealing with getting hospital bills, medical bills paid, you'll start to get a runaround. Don't wait for the runaround. Beat them to it. Lawyer up. Get somebody in your corner to fight for you. And hire a firm that aligns with your values. That, too, makes a huge difference. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Now, speaking of teachers, right, I was mentioning this uh, morning, I was reading an assignment for my daughter that was all about equality and and wage gap and uh, you know women make more make less excuse me than men and WNBA it's so unfair that they make less money than than uh, than the NBA and so I challenged her on all of this but I had this thought over as I was talking with Robbie here during the break that you know that your your kids teachers um. You know, they're all even if they're you know not political. Now, meaning they're not one of these libs of TikTok, you know, crazy uh, uh, leftist, you know, transgender type of, of of wackadoodles. But they're just they're not political. They're still watching mainstream media and soaking it all in. Their idea of what is middle of the road could be totally off. I mean, some of these, you know, I mean, they're not around during the day to watch The View, but they're watching things like The View, right? And that's where, you know, for example, let me give you a point, right? People, I know a lot of women that watch The View, and you can see the ratings. It's, you know, people are people are plugged into this thing. Yesterday, Whoopi Goldberg on The View said this about Donald Trump, and I'm just giving it as an example here of, you know, if, if somebody isn't tuning into anything else and is listening 
to, you know, snippets of The View and is watching CNN and MSNBC, their sense of reality is deeply flawed. Listen to Whoopi. This is what it's all about. Either you want it to work forward thinking, you want everybody to have the ability to say how they feel, what they want to move forward, or you don't. Or you want somebody who says, I'm going to be on day one, I'm going to be a dictator. Who says it to you, tells you, I'm going to put you people away. I'm going to take all the journalists. I'm going to take all the gay folks. I'm going to move you all around and disappear you. <laughs> if that's the country you want, you know who to vote for. Well, if, that's not, if that's not the country you want, you have to make a decision. But that's what MAGA you know? wants, Bobby. That's what we're still in a primary. It may be, they may like that, but the, I believe the people of the United <laughs> States will make themselves very clear. This is insanity, right? Trump will make uh, gays disappear. He's going to round up the gays. Does she really believe this? I think actually she does. Uh, and then Behar, of course, Joy Behar chiming in. That's what MAGA wants. Don't. Trump was making a joke. You got th- this is another example about the, the dictator thing. That's he was a, it was a quip. These people are humorless, but that's just the thing. They are looking for anything that confirms their insane bias. There's no critical thinking. There's no fairness. These, these, this is a mind virus that has run amok through the mainstream media, through Hollywood. These people are, these people are actually intellectual cripples. It's tragic, and it would all be terribly funny if there weren't so many Americans that tune in and care about what Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg have to say. I think that's a mistake we conservatives make is we we laugh at this, and we correctly identify this to be absolute insane talk, but then we forget that this is – that people are actually influenced by this because we assume that nobody, nobody will Robbie. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, are you saying that because we went to the twinks for Trump uh, event? Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Literally. Where's the producer? Robbie's asking, where's the evidence that Trump uh, hates gay people. And I was, joking of course that he and i ended up totally uh by the way on accident uh at um in 2016 summer 2016 we were at uh, in cleveland at the convention that was the anointment of donald j trump as the nominee gop nominee uh and uh, there was a party there and it's uh, like nothing i have ever witnessed in the republican party in any republican event which was it was a part it was all gay pride flags it was all these you know young men dressed in maga hats okay uh it was it was there the 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 grouse the grassroots gay, gay support for trump is believe it or not is there do you know how many gay friends robbie i have that love trump Whoopi goldberg's just delusional and you pointed out when he was 2015 2016 he, he uh, put his arms around a gay, a gay pride flag he, he, he doesn't he, this 
the the interesting thing is watching the mainstream media turn Trump into this, you know, into this uh, reactionary ogre. When in fact he's actually one of the more progressive Republicans out there. That's one of the that's one of the great mystifying things to me as a political observer. I right, got to run uh, bottom of the hour here. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk eight forty KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Greetings, friends. Welcome to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. here on News Talk 840 KXNT. So, uh, look, um, I got to I got to say this. I, some of the stuff that they're saying about Trump, though, uh, I know Whoopi is insane. They, Whoopi says that Trump's going to make the gays go away. He's going to round up journalists, I guess. I don't know. And um, and ship them off somewhere like nuclear waste. OK, but the other stuff that is being said is a little disconcerting, particularly when these people have high level briefings and. Talk amongst themselves. These are very powerful people like Nancy Pelosi. Today, this morning, talking to CNN's Phil Mattingly. Now, Pelosi uh, said this about the election and then, um, you know, and then and then says this about Trump's chances, likelihood of becoming president of the United States Again. This is a neck and neck race, and no one feels very comfortable on the Democratic side of things that Donald Trump isn't going to be the next president. Well, I don't think that nobody feels. I think many of us know that it is impossible uh, for him to be the president again. Well, I, I what does she mean by that? I mean, she seems pretty certain that Donald Trump's not going to become president. Are we reading too much into this when we say that? Let me play this again. I. It's just... It Mattingly, Phil Mattingly, CNN, right, talking to Pelosi, and uh, and and Pelosi says that it's it, many of us know know that it's impossible for him to be president. This is a neck and neck race, and no one feels very comfortable on the Democratic side of things that Donald Trump isn't going to be the next president. Well, I don't think that nobody feels. I think many of us know that it's impossible uh, for him to be the president again. Look, um, this is a group of people that can never win a fight fair and square. If the Democrats could, they would be absolutely all about not having mail-in ballots, for example. If they actually believed in election integrity, them being the Democrats, they would have no problem putting in uh, photo ID requirements. If they really believe that, one person, one vote, photo ID, they would have no issue with that. But they holler and scream about that till, you know, till their eyes bleed. So these are the same people that have what? Conspired amongst themselves to hit President Trump with what? Four different criminal investigations and a civil lawsuit that have. And, and we know this now because, and Robbie, it's not Fannie Willis. It's Fonny. Is that it, Fonny? 
We've been saying it all wrong, apparently, here. Fannie Willis, I, I'm, I don't really care what we call it. Fannie Willis. And what is it? Fannie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Their office, they literally, they were so upset that, she, that her name wasn't being pronounced correctly that they sent a letter to a journalist saying it's not Fannie, it's Fannie. Whatever. We have seen now that Fannie Willis... The prosecutor down in Georgia, who was always acting so independently, was sending her uh, her little boyfriend that she was having an, uh, an affair with. He was married at the time, a lawyer that they, by the way, the prosecutor's office there spent, what, $650,000 in a year paying him taxpayer money. And, and when you look at the bills, there have been bills produced showing that he was he was – conferring with White House and DOJ uh, folks in D.C. about this. And he was billing those meetings back to uh, the prosecutor's office in Fulton County. So they're all conspiring amongst themselves at taxpayer expense, mind you, to get Donald Trump. And they are telling us, Nancy Pelosi is telling us with a degree of confidence that Donald Trump is not going to become president. You know, I, I am not one of these people that's running around saying Trump's going to be assassinated either, okay? But these people would do anything to stop him. And they, I think, deep down inside are absolutely baffled as to how none of this is working. They keep trying to end this guy, and, and it's just it's bouncing off of him. In fact, if anything... Far from being kryptonite, it, it seems to be like like a, uh, I don't know, some kind of a steroid for Trump because he keeps getting stronger and more politically relevant. Anything and everything the Dems have done has backfired on 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 them. The the, the efforts that they they thought they were going to knock Trump out of the race. Don't ever forget for a minute. That all of these indictments, they could have happened, they could have happened six months after January 6th. Okay. All the indictments, they all were timed to coincide with the beginning of the election, the beginning of the primary cycle. All of it. Boom, 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 boom. They all came in right then. You're telling me that's coincidental? These people talk. A, a lofty talk. They talk in big, sweeping, moralistic terms, preserving democracy. The very people that talk to us about election integrity and preserving democracy are also telling us, like Nancy Pelosi did, that it's impossible for Trump to become president again. And the reason I am parsing those words out very carefully is because there is nothing in the Constitution that makes it actually impossible for him to become president. He is leading in all the primary polls by you know double-digit margins. It is presumed, right? I mean, I'm, I'm with a lot of conservatives out there who go, well, it's not a given, right? Okay, I understand that. There's a lot that can happen. There's a lot in the air. So, but, you know, but I, I think more likely than not, Trump is the nominee. And then I think running against 
you know, the propped up corpse of Joe Biden and the state of the country and, in fact, the world that three years of, of Biden-Harris has given us, I, I, th- I think Trump's chances of, of being elected are, are quite strong. So when someone like Pelosi, who is in many ways uh, one of the de facto heads of the Democratic Party and of the Washington, D.C. swamp establishment tells us that it's impossible for Trump to become president again, um, you know, I, I take from that that she knows something and is certain of, of, of things that they're going to do to prevent it. Now, one enormous component here, and it cannot be under, understated, right? I, I want to I draw on this, is that the press right now is already beginning is already beginning to talk down the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. And they're doing it because they know their cases against Trump are hanging by a hair and that they, they, that honestly these shenanigans have no chance of surviving a Supreme Court review. And that's not because the Supreme Court is conservative. It's because the Supreme Court right now leans towards, on balance, constitutional readings of the law. The left can only win, okay, when they cheat, democracy, right, is only democracy if it favors Democrats. The minute it doesn't favor Democrats, I, I mean, there's they, they're the first to scream and shout about illegitimacy. They're the first to disregard the Vox Populi, the popular vote, the people's voice. They're the first to... to question the outcome of elections. The Democrats are. When Bush won, system was broken. When Trump won in 16, I mean, they, they wanted, they, <laughs> everything that is being alleged against Trump, they did, okay? And now the judicial branch, it's only, it's only broken when the leftists don't get their way. And I'm saying this was a piece, let's see, three days ago, Washington Monthly, how to fix the Supreme Court. The time has come to connect popular anger over the conservative supermajority with concrete ideas for reform. So that's that's it. Oh, we've got the Supreme Court should be subject to public anger, which, of course, is being gymmed up by who? The media. And so things like adding justices, uh, packing the court, et cetera, which so far Biden has uh, seemed to be you know, resistive, uh, resistant to, um, that kind of stuff is going to, is going to come, come about. And they're laying the groundwork. They know they're going to lose. And they will take down this country just to kill Trump. I'm telling you. I don't necessarily mean put a bullet in. I'm saying just to, to, to eliminate him politically. Absolutely despicable. Sam Erjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. 
Sam Erjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Welcome uh, back, folks. Uh, glad to be here with you. Now, as a practicing lawyer, the questions uh, of the Supreme Court, uh, criticism of the Supreme Court, something I take very seriously uh, and concern me greatly. Uh, and I think, I, I think, by the way, and this is the context for this conversation, of course, is you will see in the coming days, weeks, and months increased criticism from the left, from the mainstream media of the Supreme Court. They will question the legitimacy of the Supreme Court, and the reason they're questioning it is not because the Supreme Court is actually illegitimate. They will question it because the Supreme Court won't be doing their bidding. When it comes to some of these important questions in, for example, the cases that are being brought against Trump, maybe on an issue like his uh, immunity, presidential immunity, related to the acts that he uh, you know, did or didn't do while he was in office, the Supreme Court is likely, in my view, to side with the president, and that will be taken as dispositive proof that the Supreme Court is fundamentally broken, okay? And the my, my obvious criticism of this is that the left is very childlike. The left, they are, it's, leftists are like children. They don't get what they want. They throw a fit. And I think you can question an election. I think you can question millions upon millions of, you know, mail-in ballots that got sent out, people that reported that they were, you know, that they never got a ballot, that when they went to check that they'd voted, that they, you know, their vote, their vote had already been cast. We had stuff like that happen here in Nevada. I got multiple ballots. I can vouch for that. It's a mess. And we can take that and say, well, listen, it's a mess. And we think it's a mess by design because you're not willing, meaning you being the Democrat-run legislature in the state of Nevada, you're not willing to clean it up because you know you benefit from it. The same thing for requiring voter ID. You don't want voter ID because you benefit from the fraud. Okay, so I so, oh I know voter disenfranchisement, all that stuff. Spare me. Okay, one person, one vote. I am all about that. You are all about that. But you know there has to it has to be it has to be organized and there has to be accountability. It's a very different thing to go well, a duly elected president. You know, and I'm convinced there was an extensive amount of Democratic fraud in 2016 that Trump overcame by virtue of his overwhelming popularity at the time. Nobody wanted that hag Hillary, okay? So, you know, so there it is. He got elected. What was the first thing the left said? Illegitimate president. Though then he puts three um, excellent, for the most part, Supreme Court justices on the court. Now the court's illegitimate because it's got a supermajority, because it decided that Roe v. Wade was an absolute bastardization of the Constitution. And here's how stupid the left is. So they go out and they criticize the Supreme Court for striking down Roe. And we're, you know that's the Hobbes decision. What does the Hobbes decision say? It says abortion is what? A political question. It ought to be settled politically in the states. Well, now that it's become a political issue, who is that favoring? 
it's favoring Dems overwhelmingly because I know and you know people who are uh, fiscally conservative who don't believe in in you know transgender mutilation of you know of 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 thirteen year olds who who think that we ought to have a strong military who don't believe in DEI I could go through the list of conservative issues and then you get to abortion those people goes but 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 wait a minute I, I'm not on board with this this what this, these crazy Republicans are doing what what DeSantis is doing for example I'm not calling DeSantis a crazy Republican I'm saying in Florida what is it six weeks now I mean people are not down for that. And in Republican states, for example, in Ohio, when it comes up as a as an issue, as a ballot initiative, um, abortion rights, pro-choice legislation has been winning, even in otherwise red states. So I'm, you know, the reason I'm saying the left is, is, is a little silly is the Supreme Court didn't rule in a political way. If they ruled in a political way, they would have kept Roe on the books. Conservatives can continue to agitate as they've always done against against it, but it was the rule of the land, and that would be that, and never be a political issue, and people wouldn't vote based on that issue as much as they are now. But making it a political issue has undoubtedly favored Democrats. So you've got a conservative court, and these are smart people, and they understood that this would this was going to have a political ramification. Trust me. Yeah, I, I I know they did. I can I can I can tell you uh, absolutely beyond any any doubt that they understood the gravity of the Dobbs decision, and that it would have bearing on, for example, uh, the the twenty you know the twenty two election, if not also certainly the twenty four election. They knew this was going to be a political shockwave, but it was the right decision constitutionally, and the way. The system is supposed to work constitutionally is that the Supreme Court is above the political fray. But that doesn't work for the left. The left wants to corrupt every single institution that it can and have it do its bidding. And the minute that an institution acts independently, okay, the minute it acts independently, what do they say? They say that the institution is broken. They say that the institution needs to be reformed. Let me give you an example. Again, back to this piece that I was sharing with you, Washington Monthly, a few days ago, came out with the you know we got we got to be really concerned about the legitimacy of the Supreme Court, laying I think the foundations for challenging the Supreme Court, and 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 being able to say that they are doing Trump's bidding when they begin to rule on behalf of Trump in some of these absurd cases that are being brought. They write this line, and this is where it is. Quote. Pay, pay close attention, by the way, to how this is worded. Quote, anyone concerned about the Supreme Court today should be working to prize open, uh, prize that window open further. And to do so, they ought to draw on the robust and inventive debate that is brewing among scholars in law school think tanks and advocacy organizations over how to fix the court, capitalized court, meaning SCOTUS, right, Supreme Court of the United States, close quote. Inventive. That's liberal constitutionalism for you. Inventive. Let's invent a new constitution. Let's <laughs> let's. We, well, you know what we need? We don't need law based on constitutional precedent. We need advocacy. Right? 
They continue here, quote, some of their ideas are bold. Dividing the court into rotating panels, stripping it of jurisdiction over certain issues or controlling its certification process. Oh, so are we going to rewrite the Constitution? Is that what you're advocating? These people are revolutionaries. They are dangerous. They're mentally unhinged. And I, I, I don't even know what to tell you other than I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I don't think any of this can happen. But you'll have people like Whoopi Goldberg going, oh, oh, illegitimate Supreme Court. Oh, oh, this country. And, 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 and many, many Americans tuning into that insane drivel will go, uh-huh, yeah, that's what it is. You're right. And then those people go and vote. Absolutely terrifying. All right, I'll tell you what else is terrifying. You've seen uh, overnight we did some bombing uh, on the Houthis. The Houthis got bombed. This is uh, – a lot of people aren't talking about this. This is a very, very dangerous situation. Let me explain to you a little bit about what's cooking and what could possibly unfold, uh, not to alarm you, but just to inform you here on The What's Right Show. Sam Merchofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamAndAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. All right, friends, Sam Marjofsky here, your host of the What's Right Show, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. That's me. Great to be with you here. This Friday, uh, January the 12th, uh, okay, uh, let me say this real fast because uh, maybe there's an opportunity for us to see each other today. I will be at the Dollar Loan Center uh, tonight at the Silver Knights game, uh, right before the game at 3.30, let's see, yeah, 3.30 or so. Uh, I want to make sure I'm giving you the right, yes, 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 3.30, there's going to be a ribbon-cutting ceremony. You're probably wondering, what is this all about? Well, as you may or may not know, uh, Sam and Ash Injury Law, that is my firm, uh, is a one of the founding sponsors of the Silver Knights. And so we are uh, we are taking over actually the um, uh, the tilt yard in front of the Dollar Loan Center. And there is a brand new it just got installed yesterday brand new Salmon Ash Tilt Yard sign. So uh, if you're walking up from the parking lot up to the uh, main entrance of the Dollar Loan Center, it's it's right there. And so we're, we're dedicating that today. The town crier, Harold, will be there. Maybe lucky if uh, if we get lucky. And, um, and maybe, oh, I see, I'm going to be, apparently I'm going to be giving some remarks. So that's that's going on. And then uh, main door is open at 545 uh, for uh, the game. So uh, puck drop is at 7. Please come by. I'll be circulating around uh, the main level during the intermission. Uh, so come say hi. I'll be wearing a jersey that says Sam on it. Won't be able to miss me. And Ash will be there as well. So uh, looking forward to that. Speaking of Ash, I think she may join us, Robbie, for a few minutes. I want to ask her about this ESPN stuff. Not that this is... 
Okay, not that this is earth-shattering, but but the, the ESPN just cannot help themselves to be woke, politically incorrect, and in the world of sports, in the world of sports entertainment, that shouldn't have anything to do with woke and anything to do with PC because – I mean, as, last time I checked, sports is the last place where merit matters. Like, can you run? Can you tackle? Can you can you put the ball in the hoop? Doesn't matter, you know, what color you are or you know what your background is. It matters if if you're able to do it. So, uh, you know, well, pilots now, obviously, we want diversity in the cockpit, and we want diversity for all the people making the airplanes, and sooner or later, things will start malfunctioning, well, as they already have. So I want to talk to her briefly about this. Now, let's talk in the meantime, if you'll permit me, about these Houthi rebels. Yemen, Yemen is a small country just next door to Saudi Arabia that has an internal civil war going on, okay? And the the Yemeni government is being attacked by these rebels. And the rebels, okay, these are not like Somali pirates, meaning, yes, they're attacking shipping vessels that are going through uh, the strait that enters uh, into the Red Sea, that strait that is at the tip of Yemen that is controlled, in my understanding, by the Houthis. That little strait there is, what, 20 miles wide? It's more narrow, in fact, than the English Channel, just to kind of give you an idea. So it's a very narrow point. And all shipping traffic essentially, once upon a time, would go through there to Europe, for example. So so anything, you know, this is this is tremendously damaging to the world economy. Uh yeah, no, I'm just I'm telling you, that's 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 what this is. And and these these uh, these rebels. The reason I say they're not like the Somali pirates is because they're tremendously well well funded. Yes, they're attacking shipping vessels, but they have state of the art technology, and they have uh, they have they're they're you know getting money from Iran. So all the same people that are funding Hezbollah, funding uh, funding Hamas. Uh, and and by the way, they're probably sitting on some American money given to them by by Joe Biden. That's the reality, because one of the most incomprehensible things to me, Robbie, is that Biden delisted, delisted the Houthis as a terror org the minute he came into office. It was like what they did on day one is they said the Houthis are no longer a terror org. Now, um, so excuse me, January. Let me let me say this. Yeah, February, January, Trump de- designated the Houthis as a terror org before he left office and Biden undid it. Uh, early February, so basically, you know, a week or two into his presidency. Now, I- I'm curious, right? Why delist somebody that quickly? And I believe the reason for it fundamentally was that 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 Biden administration folks wanted to begin giving money back to Iran because they are obsessed with the idea of an emboldened, strengthened Iran to act as a countermeasure against Israel because these people fundamentally. Are anti-Israel, and they're they have this this plague in their brains, thinking that if Iran has a uh, nuclear weapon and 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 Israel has a nuclear weapon, well then there's parity in the region and there's balance, and it somehow favors American interests, which in my view is absolute nonsense. Okay, so that's a bit of history. Now, 
you know, this, this, um, you know, we, we asked, uh, there's a Fox reporter, I uh, asked national security spokesman John Kirby back in December if Biden regretted delisting the Houthis as a terrorist org. This was an interesting moment. You might have remembered it when it happened because it got a fair amount of press. So it went, the question went, went something like this. Uh, and, um, and that was December 7th. Okay, listen. Does the president have any regret for over delisting uh, the Houthis as a terror organization? Is he reconsidering that at all? I've already said that we are going to review that decision. No, we are. I've said it, I said it a couple of weeks ago that we were going to take a look at that decision. And, and we still are. On the results? I, I don't have a date certain for you or any outcome to brief Jackie, but we said we're already going to take a look and and, and review that decision. We're reviewing the decision. Nothing to say here. So then an update, December 19th, and they're attacking ships at that time, right? This is this is last month. They are attacking ships. They are disrupting world trade. And this is the mealy mouth BS that comes from our country's leadership. So again, Kirby uh, still has nothing We're to say. We're actually conducting a review right now uh, on whether that's the, the right course forward. We've talked about that. No decisions made right now. Okay, still nothing, right? So and then the Washington Free Beacon puts out an article. Biden's refusal to designate Houthis as terrorists sparks blowback from military leaders. That was two days ago. And, um, and, and here's why all this matters, right? This, this has the potential of engulfing the world in a world war. And Biden has sleepwalked his way into this. You know the old expression, ounce of prevention, pound of cure? Why is it that liberal leadership, leaders like Biden, think that the best way to deal with uh, murderous agitators, whether they're state actors or terrorist group, rebels, whatever, agitators, that the way to deal with them is through appeasement. The entire first three years of the Biden presidency was spent appeasing Iran and its various terrorist vassals, taking them off of terrorists, freeing them up to receive millions and millions of dollars of frozen assets. That the Biden administration was looking to what? Buy their love? You can't buy the love of fanatics whose sole purpose, really, when you break it down, is the elimination, the annihilation of the West as we know it. It's not just about Israel. It's about us. You, they, they, if they could do it, they would want to wipe Las Vegas from the map. Now, I'm bringing it back home because last I checked, you know, Vegas and the Strip is very symbolic, internationally symbolic and and meaningful to you know to kind of Western culture and maybe criticized by some as a symbol of decadence, whatnot. You, you know, to think that this doesn't that these people don't want to literally annihilate us in our neighborhood where we sit right now, as I speak these words, I think is delusional. But this militia, these are not just some Somali pirates that you can go bomb a little bit. They, these are they're very well funded. The, the warfare is highly asymmetric because they're using $400, $500 drones to launch bombs at ships. And we're, what, we're spending 
uh, uh, you know, shooting them down with missiles that cost a million dollars a piece. And they've got, you know, on that scale, they can outspend us, right, with the backing that they have. So the Royal Navy, right, they they send out the HMS Diamond. Yeah, they they shot down seven drones. So the Houthis lost, what is that, seven times 500, 350 bucks, and... um, and we and, and, and the Brits used uh, guns and Sea Viper missiles that cost a million dollars apiece. Okay. Now everyone's focused on Israel, rightly so, but but asterisk, you know, what happens when this thing blows up? Will Iran enter the conflict? Right? And where's China gonna be in all this? Because the Houthis, for whatever reason, have avoided attacking Chinese flagged vessels. I think they might have some side deal with the Chicoms. Trust me, that, that's, that's, how, that's how deceptive Beijing is. To think otherwise is, is crazy. And this is what bothers me, that people like Blinken and people like Biden and John Kirby, all these people, these are all Ivy League educated, well, not Biden, but the, the rest of them. Right? These are all people who live in an ivory tower, Ivy League educated, inside the beltway, up terrorist apologists. And they're tremendously naive. And now they've, their weakness has gotten us into this. And just not that recently, not that long ago, they were congratulating themselves on how calm everything was. And that's what I want to get to next. It was so good. It was so calm. Sam Erjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, The What's Right Show, brought to you. My Sam and Ash Injury Law will continue in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Friends, this situation in... Uh, in Yemen is a little frightening, not going to lie. And I'm trying to explain it here a little bit. So so basically, here's the deal. These Houthis that we bombed yesterday, that the Allies came in, the Brits came in and bombed uh, the other day. I think some American support involved in it as well. Uh, th- this, These are people that have been uh, agitating in that region for some time. And Team Biden has – what the only thing that they've really done – is immediately in February of 21, when Biden came into office, is delist them as a ter- terrorist org. And I think they did that. I don't think that's because the Houthis have a big lobby in D.C. with the Democratic Party. I think it's because Team Biden, Antony Blinken, the State Department, wanted to give money to Iran, wanted to fund Iran, wanted to make peace and appeasement with Iran, wanted to send the money, and the Houthis, who are their vassals in the region, uh, couldn't be listed as terrorists because they knew, the, the, the Biden people knew that they're a terrorist organization, that they would get the money. So I, I don't have proof of this, but I'm telling you that's, my, that's the most logical explanation of it. So now, uh, you know, again... Well, they wouldn't have been allowed to, right? They, they, there, there would be American law. Then, then Biden would have gotten himself into really an impeachable offense if they still released the money. Okay, so 
So that's, you know, just, just, you know, just to be clear, that's the, um, that's the, that's the situation. Now, September 29th, this is when National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, here's another real doofus, goes on PBS, okay? Gives an interview with The Atlantic's Jeff Goldberg on PBS and says this about how hunky-dory things are in the Middle East. We want to depressurize, de-escalate, and ultimately integrate the Middle East region. The war in Yemen is in its 19-month of truce. For now, the Iranian attacks against U.S. forces have stopped. Our presence in Iraq is stable. I emphasize for now because all of that can change. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Now, challenges remain. Iran's nuclear weapons program, the tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. But the amount of time that I have to spend on crisis and conflict in the Middle East today compared to any of my predecessors going back to 9-11 is significantly reduced. Yeah, maybe, just maybe, you're a moron and didn't realize that you actually should have spent some time on it and not give money to terrorists. And Secretary of State Antony Blinken went, 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 uh, went along with this and agrees with this. Of course they do. They're all in cahoots on this. Because approximately a week later, October 8th, on CNN's State of the Union with Dana Bash, uh, Blinken said that what Jake Sullivan said about the Middle East being just perfectly fine was, was, was spot on. What Jake Sullivan said was right. If you look at uh, the relationship among countries in the Middle East... Um, you saw, uh, with a lot of work by the United States, countries coming together, the region integrating, um, hostilities diminishing. And we've been very engaged in pursuing, for example, normalization between Israel and its neighbors, uh, building on what's already been done, mm-hmm. uh, including with uh, Saudi Arabia and other conflicts like uh, the conflict in Yemen, where we've had a truce now for uh, almost two years, uh, have made a huge difference. Yeah, this um, this is dangerous. These people are dangerous. They've, they've, yeah, this, and this, this is stuff that they were saying, right? Let's, let's frame this, right? This was on October 8th. Blinken is saying that what Jake Sullivan said about everything being fine, he's saying this a day after October 7th transpired. What the literal, I mean, what do these people have in their heads? I'll tell you one of the things they have. I mean, I don't think there's any other conclusion. I mean, they do want to see Israel chastened. They do want to see an emboldened Iran. That is their policy. It's the same way they want to see the United States weakened. These are all the Obama people. Obama said numerous times, you got to take the man at his word, his policy certainly uh, backed it up, but he frequently would talk about how America, you know, didn't need to be the big bad superpower. America need to needed to take a more of a backseat role, and and um, America needed to needed to um, you know kind of get some get get less teeth. Paraphrasing, of course, his numerous remarks on the subject, because Barack Obama and all of these goofballs hate the country. They don't like the idea of America being a superpower. They're embarrassed by it, and they buy into they buy into this left wing, uh, radical Islam propaganda that they all grew up 
listening to in, in their private schools, in their colleges. They were all taught by Palestine sympathizing professors. And what do they continue to repeat over and over again? This, the reason that we don't have peace is because of warmongers in America, Republicans and the military industrial complex. And, I, you know, I, I unfortunately, some Republicans are buying into this a little bit, too, with, you know, the, the idea that, that that's the cause of all this. I'm, I'm, I'll be very blunt with you, okay? When it comes to the Middle East, there is an ideology there on the ground that seeks the total destruction of the West. There is an ideology there that wants to wipe Israel from the map. There is an ideology there that if these people had enough money and the means, they would destroy the entire United States. They wouldn't think twice about it. And we can argue about means and methods, but one thing that I think we have uh, we have uh, a complete agreement on, I would think, I would think is that the last thing we ought to be doing is giving these people money to the tune of hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, and B, removing them from terror watch lists, and C, saying that a day after the most horrific attack on Israeli soil, saying, oh, things, you know, things, yeah, things are pretty good in the Middle East, I mean, all things considered. Absolute mental stuff. All right, let's lighten things up. ESPN stepping in it. We're going to have Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law here in a moment. So I um, stay tuned. Be right back after the break. Sam Rajovsky, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. All right, welcome, folks. Greetings, Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. We, um, well, we have a special guest here on the What's Right show. Uh, she's been on before. You've seen her on the billboards around town if you live in Las Vegas. Sam and Ash, the Ash in Sam and Ash, the good-looking one on the billboards, if I, uh, if I may say so. Ash, welcome to the program. Hey, it's good to be here. It's always fun on a Friday when I can get up here and hang out with you. Well, um, thank you for joining us. By the way, did you see this? The schedule for uh, for this afternoon. When we when we get off uh, the program here, we're going to run over to the Dollar Loan Center, and I just wanted to draw your uh, your attention to you. Do you know where I'm going with this? I, I know exactly where that you're going. in the in the schedule there is. So, well, folks, in, in case you missed it earlier, we are uh, d- having the uh, tilt yard there in front of the Dollar Loan Center, the home of the Silver Knights. Uh, it's going to be dedicated to Sam and Ash. Injury law, so it's going to become the Sam and Ash Tilt Yard. The sign went up yesterday. Today at 3.30 to 4, we're going to dedicate it officially. And somewhere in that half hour, Ash will be given a speech. No, 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 no. That's not where this is going. It's not where – No, it's, it's in there. It's It says – well, Remarks. I'm going to give you a preview. It's huzzah. It starts and ends with one word. Uh, <laughs> that's you, all. That's you, all we're going to get. No, you come on. You're going to give the speech. Well, you're the talker in this dynamic. Well, no. Listen, uh, it says we're both giving remarks. Huzzah. So, so I think remarks can't be remark. 
<laughs> and I'm uh, a huzzah is a remark, and it's really an exclamatory exclamatory remark. There, I can't even right. say. So, so folks, point is, uh, we'll both be there, and we'd love to meet you. And then, of course, we'll be at the game. Game will start at seven. I thought that's where you were going. What's happening at the intermission of one of the oh one of the intermissions? Why don't Why don't you tell people what's what's going to be going on? Because by the way, you know, usually intermission, you get up and you leave. Hint: You're not gonna, if you're at the game tonight. <laughs> At the Silver Knights game at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, you do not want to leave during intermission. Ash, why? Well, the intermission after the first period, uh, Sam and I will be riding Zambonis. We each get our own. I think I was designated to be on the Henderson Silver Knights Zamboni. You're on the Toyota Zamboni, and we're going to race around the ink during <laughs> the rink during uh, the intermission. And I've been avoiding this for two years now. And I successfully and my she's turned come. down more opportunities to ride the Zamboni than your than kids have been thrown into the Zamboni more. Yeah, my kids are out of town, so they're uh, they they were going to be the uh, the designated riders, but I think this is great. I know it'll so, be fun. I'm so, excited. So, I'm really folks, excited. if you if you want to see us, they're riding the Zamboni. That's, can't miss that. Okay, so. I want to ask you, Ashton, thank you for, for joining the program because I, I, you're very in tune with all of these sports things that are going on, uh, much more so than I. But I think that ESPN this week really stepped in it again. And ESPN is one of these extremely woke, um, censorship-delighting uh, uh, organizations, news organizations, and, and there are sports you know, they, they, that's that's their milieu. That's sports, and I I'm baffled by the fact that you, you they want to make it, they want to succeed and get ratings reporting on sports, but they don't want any controversy. So the controversy this week with ESPN is that on the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers went on, and I'll just folks, I'll set the this is what this is what got it all going. Of, there's a little part there about Epstein, and then he went on to talk about COVID. Listen, people are always like, you know, why are you still talking about COVID? Like, why don't you just move on? It's ridiculous. Well, they locked everybody up forever. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed and never opened again. Many of dozens of people that I know in their 30s, you know, who poured everything into these these uh, small businesses and never opened again. So they lost everything. Right? The wealth gap got even bigger. They lied to us over and over. They uh, vilified early treatments. They censored legitimate uh, doctors in the space. I mean, they were arresting people who were surfing in California. They closed the beaches. When I mean, I don't know what percentage, but probably 60% or more of the, of the, of the country is vitamin D deficient. But no, <laughs> stay inside, wait for this vaccine, right. which is 100% safe and effective, which they told us. So my whole point is, listen, they lied to us many times over. They locked us up. They closed our businesses. They increased the mental health issues exponentially. The rates of suicide went way up. They vilified us. Now people are just like, oh, just move on. Just uh, just, just brush it on the rug. It's like, well, I had many apologies. Yeah, okay. And b- by the way, I think, I mean, I agree with him 100%. Uh, percent. I think the idea of, of you know, of, of just moving beyond uh, COVID without any kind of accountability to these people that wrought this destruction upon us is crazy. But- this is, this is to me at least. Help me understand this, Ashley. I, this is not that controversial, is it? 
Not really. It's just it's it's funny to watch. ESPN is striving to stay relevant in a world where the Barstool Sports and the DraftKings and all these independent podcasters and media personalities can survive. And ESPN, which is owned by Disney, has been watching its ratings fall and tank. And so what did they do to stay relevant? They go out and hire this kind of edgy guy, former Barstooler, went to DraftKings and they took him away to try and get this younger audience and stay relevant in the media uh, and sports media where it is now. And Part of that is, you know, you get some controversy, you get some debates, and I just, it's funny to watch ESPN try to avoid it and want the cake and eat it too. They want to be in with a new young crowd who wants to, you know, like a personality on the internet and talk about life issues. Like Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports, and folks, if you don't know who Dave Portnoy is, I mean, he's a guy who just basically all on his own with his iPhone created a you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in worth of sports media empire. And he, he basically, talk about David versus Goliath, just by being controversial and honest and straight talking, he's somebody that, that got an enormous following and I think has done an end run around companies like CNN, no? Right, absolutely. And that's exactly what ESPN is trying to figure out right now. They're trying to stay relevant. They're trying to uh, challenge the bar stools, get those fans. And the problem is, like, they just, they're not designed that way. And so it makes them very uncomfortable. And this whole Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel thing, like, the first thing to remember is, Kimmel launched these grenades first back in 2021 when he started calling Aaron Rodgers a tinfoil hat wearing anti-vaxxer and would use him on his monologue. So you've got to if you're going to be a comedian and stand up there and start throwing names out at other people, you might want to expect it to come back. Jimmy Kimmel isn't I mean, he's not even funny. So let's the comedian. He, he is such a thin skinned Hollywood hack. But that's not that you made a great point when we were talking about this yesterday. You said that Jimmy Kimmel's ratings went up because of this controversy and the controversy being that at some point last week, if I recall, uh, it, it, Aaron Rodgers basically said that that, that Kimmel was going to be on the Epstein list. You just said he was like, Kimmel might be nervous with all these Epstein <laughs> documents. And look, it's funny. I mean, he's he's alluding to all of Hollywood being on edge. They're all nervous, of like, course. You don't know what's in there. And so it was funny. It was a flip comment. And I think just Kimmel then couldn't handle it and goes to Twitter and says, you're going to hear from my lawyers. And, you know, I don't... This is ESPN being Disney wokeified, and they're afraid of it all. Okay, so so that was that was Tuesday. He makes those comments about COVID. Yeah, right. No COVID amnesty. That's how I will sum it up. Which okay. I don't think is a controversial statement, but you know I'm a fairly controversial guy, so I'm <laughs> setting that aside. Next day, Pat McAfee goes on his show, and this is a show that it's important to state he wholly owns this show. Correct and. ESPN basically just pays him a licensing fee to air it on ESPN. That's the that's my understanding. The of fundamentals it. of yep. the agreement. He is the content creative director of it. Got it. But somebody at ESPN put the screws to Pat McAfee. It seems because Pat McAfee drops basically comes on air. Well, let me. Here's what he says: We live in a country that has freedom of speech, but also you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your freedom of speech. So what I'm saying is, we've given a lot of people who have been waiting for us to fail a lot of ammo and things to attack us for over the last week. And Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. 
He's a four-time MVP. He's a massive piece of the NFL story. Whenever you go back and tell it, he will be a huge part of it. We are very lucky to get a chance to chat with him and learn from him. Some of his thoughts and opinions, though, do piss off a lot of people. A lot of people. And uh, I'm pumped that that is no longer going to be every single Wednesday of my life, uh, which it has been for the last few weeks. Like, just can't do that and not what we want to be known for. And I'm also pumped that I have to do these types of talks. Sure. <laughs> oh, he's pumped. You know what he's pumped? He, he just, you know what happens to people, even relatively decent people, when they begin to get crapped on by all the wokesters is they don't want to deal with it. And this is how, by the way, the political left, the shrill, insane lunatics in this country are able to exact uh, uh, this kind of censorship on us is because most people don't want to deal with it. It sounds to me like he was like, enough, I don't want to deal with it. So who came back on Thursday? In fact, hold that thought. We're going to go to a quick break. <laughs> Folks, this story, when I tell you, the reason I am telling you the story and why I think this is important because I'm telling you there is a shift in this country and we're starting to fight back and people have had enough and it's honestly, to me, it's unthinkable. It was unthinkable two years ago that ESPN would do would 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 do a, an, an about face on this, and they would they and they, they did. So let let me let's that's that's the frame. Ash Watkins from Sam and Ash Injury Law here with me, the Sam of Sam and Ash Injury Law, which of course uh, sponsors this program, the What's Right Show, Monday through Friday, one to three p.m. Don't go anywhere. Be right back, folks. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, friends, we're back. We're in studio. We are live and local. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. The What's Right Show is on with me uh, here today. A real treat, even though I get to see her almost every day, is my law partner, Ash Watkins of Sam and Ash Injury Law. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers getting unceremoniously dumped from Pat McAfee's show on ESPN. This is a Disney-controlled sports channel that is a little woke. Aaron Rodgers went on to, uh, to, to, to drop some truth bombs about COVID, and that apparently was just too much. For the censor overlords, and so he was dumped. And then on Thursday, yesterday, he was back. Ash, <laughs> explain it to us. Well, I mean, it's so funny because, like, like we mentioned, Pat McAfee owns the show. ESPN gets to run it, and they get the benefits of it. And so having Aaron Rodgers on the show was great for Pat McAfee's growth overall interest viewership he had the deal with aaron Rodgers to get him on the show you know aaron Rodgers has better things to do he's not just volunteering to go on these shows routinely so pat mcafee had a deal with him to do it and that's why he would show up every wednesday well what mcafee did to espn was like yeah 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 aaron Rodgers, season's over it's done the contract's over he'll he's not back well then the next day giant things happened in the football world Bill Belichick, the head coach of the Patriots for the last like two decades or something. I don't know. It feels like he is no longer the head coach of the Patriots. 24 seasons, right? It was a big thing. So that was an event to talk about. And having perhaps somebody on your show who has been one of the top NFL players of all time. Helpful. Helpful. Then Nick Saban. 
the head coach at one of the best <laughs> winningest programs in college football, uh, Alabama. He retires. So then you have Pete Carroll also resigning from head coach position. So you have all of this relevant information in, in the, the political world. In the political world, this would be as if we were in the midst, in the in the heat of the primaries, and Donald Trump dropped out, and at the very same time, um, I don't know, uh, Richard Nixon came back from the dead. Like it would <laughs> yeah. be that kind of an event. So yeah, so all of it happens, and miraculously, um, as as if on Easter Sunday, who 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 rose up from the dead? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so Pat McAfee <laughs> does what a, a true host of a show does. He wants to get someone with the opinion on it back, and so Aaron Rodgers, like hell yeah, I'm there. Let's talk about it. And so it was this really funny thing where Pat McAfee got to save face with ESPN and say, yeah, yeah, the deal with Aaron Rodgers, he's not doing his routine Wednesday appearances anymore. But well, Thursday. Interesting news day, so we'll have him on for a quick interview. And look, it's it's all funny and it's it's ridiculous and silly, but it, it really highlights the the sensitivities of someone like Jimmy Kimmel in Hollywood and his inability to go back and forth on this on these issues. He wants to cancel and call all the Aaron Rodgers all these names, but then when Aaron Rodgers pushes back, it's absolutely a no-go zone and then watching ESPN try to be relevant in a modern media world and not being able to handle the territory and not being able to deal with it if you turn back the clock you know to the to let's say the 80s a rise of of conservative talk radio um, it, it was an end run okay uh, around establishment media and uh, once the equal time doctrine was was eliminated, and all of a sudden you had you had the, uh, the ability for opinions out there to be, um, we'll say, more balanced, right? Conservative voices took off and succeeded in the marketplace wildly. This is uh, for people who are, are listening today here to this program. No doubt, will go back and remember ill-fated efforts. For example. Uh, was the, the, the uh, Air America right? Was that was that it? The, the liberal channel on on it didn't work. None of these hosts ever. The libs never. It never worked. And people like Rush, you know, obviously whose birthday it is today, by the way, would have been seventy three. Um, Rush, you know, and and others took off wildly, and 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 that the the, the establishment fought against them. In the 90s, in, in the 2000s, fought against it tooth and nail. And it's a, something similar is going on now where – and it's happening not just in, in the world of politics but also in the world of, of sports commentary. People don't want to hear the same BS over and over again, and, and the companies are getting punished for it uh, where it hurts in their, in their pocketbook. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know a lot of the, the sports leagues – experienced this when they started to get into that type of rhetoric and pushing those messages. And and so it's it's really interesting. And I think at the end of the day, Pat McAfee is a media personality, a sports, a former NFLer, pro bowler, and he has a following. And it's not – listeners want more than just sports data statistics anymore. They do. They're okay with – the little bit of debate. They're okay with discussing real-life issues. They just don't want to be getting agendas forced down their throat at the same time. And so that's where the mainstream media is struggling, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. So how does this play out? I mean, ESPN now I mean, comes out of this weekend, and I think, 
right? I mean, I think that that if you know they they let this pass, they, it's a battle lost. Is is my point? Yeah, ESPN as the parent organization hosting Pat McAfee looks silly because, and it just shows that really what's driving viewership is Pat McAfee, not the ESPN logo at the bottom corner of the of his show anymore. And so, yeah, they're just. The by, by the way, it, it's it's worth noting, producer Robbie reminding me of this, that, of course, Kimmel is on ABC, and there's the Disney connection through, right, ESPN. Oh, yeah, the and infighting. So, and so, no, I mean, well, but, I, you know, looking to protect their asset, there's some of that, but I, 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 I really do, I really do think it's uh, – it's it's the, the the real the real crime here was was going out and talking about COVID because they're they I'm telling you folks they're gonna scare us about this COVID thing again going into the 24 election they're gonna use it as a means to uh, do as much as they can with these funny ballots that get sent out to everybody and uh, dead or alive uh, and and so th- they need this they cannot go back and admit it was all a fraud they cannot admit that they were wrong and anybody who gets a platform like Aaron Rodgers out there talking about it and dropping truth bombs is a problem so anyway that all that said ashley again tell people how excited are you to ride that zamboni today silence <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I deep down, I probably it's like a bucket list item. I'm stealing that from our dear friend here, Matt Brooks, that was sitting in the audience. But yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. So, folks, come down and 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 see us if you if you get a chance. We'll be at the Dollar Loan Center tonight at the game. Beforehand, uh, uh, we are um, going to be dedicating the Sam and Ash Tilt Yard, which is the area in front of the arena. Uh, our sign is up. I saw some photos. I've not seen it in person. We're as soon as uh, we get off air here, we are running over there uh, post haste to get um, too sweet. To, yeah, to get there and to see all of you. So look forward to meeting you. Please, if you're going to be at the game tonight, come say hi. I'll be wearing a jersey that says Sam. Ash will be wearing a jersey that says Ash. <laughs> uh, it's all done for your convenience. Okay, so you can spot who we are. Um, and we wow, we look forward to seeing you very much. And, and so please, please do say hi. Uh, all right, uh, that's it. I mean, we gotta we gotta run. We got places to be. See you folks later. All right, have a great weekend. The What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, the only law firm to trust for your injury case. 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. Mm-hmm.